Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Damla. I mean, it works. It worked. It did Damla. work. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. I can't even remember the order in which we actually do that. So, you know, it's just names galore, but I'm fine. Sun's out. It's nice. You look cold. What's happening? <laughs> I'm I'm always cold. I'm I'm just forever cold. But no, I'm good. Um, I just finished my diet coke, so I'm sad. I'm happy to do this. I'm happy that we're doing this. I I have nothing to drink, other than your tears. For yeah, not for any reason. <laughs> just lazy. Can't drink. Can't drink soda pops. Maybe burp on mic. Can't be bothered to go and fill up some water. Or even your squash. The the Tesco squash. I can't be affording Tesco these days. No, do you know what I mean? It's actually true. But like the regular supermarkets and now the price of an expensive supermarket. I hate it. I hate it, it here. It, I hate it on this horrible little island. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We live, on, we live on a sad little, hateful, poor island. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what isn't depressing? Three mails. Three mails. Okay. First email, we have a lovely breezy one here from Jack. And Jack says, Hey, you lovely duo. Hope you're both doing well. I'm very new to your podcast and I've been listening to it for about a week, but I've been binge listening and loving the energy you both have for the show. None of my friends are interested in Doctor Who, so I'm glad to have your podcast to sit and nod along to. That is what we're here for. We are a chamber for you to agree with all of our correct opinions. I have a question <laughs> for you both. What Doctor and Companion duo would you think would be the most interesting to see? E.g. mine would be 13 and Bill. Also, can't wait for you to get into series three. It's a low-key, near-perfect series. Disagree. And Martha is an icon, and she is the oh. moment, which I'm sure you both agree. Definitely agree. Yeah. Lots of love. Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. 
who 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 do you think would be interesting to see? Jack thinks it's Bill on thirteen. Who who do you think? Doctor Doctor and Companion pairing. Um, before I go any further, I just want to say if you hear my cat meowing incessantly, <laughs> you need. To, I'm sorry. It, she she she's she's a needy bitch. All right, you're just gonna have to. You're gonna have to bloody deal with it. Um, but also, if anyone's gonna complain about it, you're wrong because cats are amazing, and no, you I should be her. blessed by hearing her little her little meows throughout the episodes. <laughs> don't don't complain. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Bill in thirteen is very iconic. That's very iconic, actually. Um, I think. I mean, I've said before, the tenth Doctor and Amy has always been a really fun one for me. For me. Um, but in the spirit of being different, because why not? <laughs> um, the Eleventh Doctor and Rose has always been very intriguing for me as well. I've always really enjoyed that. Plus, Matt and Billy are iconic, so why not? I can hear it now. It's <laughs> a very. It's going to be very one step forward, two steps back. Oh my goodness! Hello there. Can you move so I can chat? Thank you. Thank you, baby. Right. Very kind of her. So, yeah, um, the Eleventh Doctor and Rose has always been a really interesting combination. Um, Obviously, because, I don't know, I just thought they'd be really interesting and we were robbed of it in the 50th, which to this day really annoys me. But then also, Matt and Billy are really good friends, so you just know their chemistry would be, like, amazing. So, yeah, I think I'd I'd say the Eleventh Doctor and Rose for this one. What about you? Um... (laughs) My cat's in the room now. Hello, cat. I think uh, the Ninth Doctor and Donna. Oh my god! Immeasurably fun. You win. Sorry, Eleventh <laughs> Doctor and Rose. Who gives a shit? That is what we want to see. We want to see what that. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny. It'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Start to finish. Laugh riot of. Arrogance and idiocy and nonsense words, as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Total word salad. Okay. Uh, we have here another email. This is from David, and this is a fun little jaunt because David is one of our Patreons <gasps> on Patreon. We have David. a Patreon. Follow the Patreon. Hello, David. Um, Hi, David. David says. <laughs> hi, Tamler and Elliot. Actually, he says hi, Elliot and Tamler. I'm just so yeah, it's me first. One track minded. Yeah, it's all about me. Um, hi, Elliot and Tamler. I'm new to the podcast, but share the passion for Doctor Who. I just wondered if you guys knew much about the storyline that played out. I think at a comic book with and everybody gag with me, Adam. I read about <laughs> this last week. I thought it was crazy. Uh, brackets trigger warning for Tamler. He gets a redemption art. Um, I, I, I. I, I up front, no, had absolutely no idea that Adam... I mean, you can't give him a redemption arc, he's irredeemable, but I had no yeah. idea that he had a comic book about him. But you know what? At least it's written down so I don't have to hear his whiny voice. Yeah. That's, you know... Yeah, yeah. that's a plus. That's a <laughs> big plus. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. My condolences to you both on your recent loss of Ten and Rose. We know it's only temporary, but the pain is real. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a point where it kind of goes away forever as well, and that's, that's going to be even harder. It's... Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like I said, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I only got so far as Father's Day, but keen to hear all your opinions and everything going forward. Can't wait to hear what else I disagree with Elliot on. Who doesn't like human nature slash family of blood? 
this this guy. <laughs> bad. This guy. <laughs> get, get ready. Series one, I'm like, we're kind of finding our feet. I'm like, oh, I've got to be kind of, you know, harsh about some of these ones that I don't like that much. Series two, it's a good time for the girls, the gays, the days all around, having a blast, loving it. Series three, back on my bullshit of being like, you know what, this is actually not that great. <laughs> um, that is signed from David, 11th Doctor, Stan. Love that. Called David. Yeah, that's exactly. Stan. Yeah, that's pretty Anyway. Oh, we love that. No, we love that. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, David. So, our final email here in Three Mile Corner is from Lauren. Lauren says, hi, Damler. No, she doesn't. She just says Damler and Elliot. I don't know why I put <laughs> I think I've just sort of autopilot. And she does say down early, though. So, you know, there we are. Um, also, you know, there's no there's no pronouns attached, so sorry if I just keep saying her. I didn't mean to. Um, you know, apologies. Anyway, this is what they say. They say, I have become a, such a big fan of your podcast over the last couple of weeks. I think I saw you all on Twitter, but I can't remember. And I'm just getting into your Series 2 discussions, and I'm very excited because that's always been my favourite. See, people with taste. Yeah. I love Doomsday, probably my most rewatched episode. What can I say? I'm a masochist. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. That's a lot. Again, I watch Army of Ghosts, and I don't watch Doomsday because I'm too scared. Um... I just don't watch either <laughs> of them because I can't. Over the last 10 years or so, I've been a Doctor Who fan. I force several people to watch it, but no one has come close to my level of loving Doctor Who. As an American, DW fans are a little harder to find. Uh, so listening to y'all makes me feel like I'm hanging out with friends and gives me a stronger sense of community than I've ever felt about Doctor Who. I have to say, though, I am shook about your love of Boomtown. Don't hate me. It's always been my most skipped episode, but I promise to come back and rewatch it with fresh eyes after hearing you guys talk about it. Anyways, thank you for reading and for putting your voices on the internet. If you ever need a Texan friend, hit me up. I give you air from my lungs. Lauren from Texas. I love that. Hello. Well, thank you, Lauren from Texas. Hello. I, I, I'm also Lauren from Texas, appreciative of the multiple yarls that yeah, I yeah. enjoy using, but almost as a kind of you know post-ironic, uh, I'm like a middle-class British person saying it. Uh, yeah. I love the actual authentic use of it there. Great, great fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I love it. Um... And uh, Lauren was great fun to confess with because not only did they send a photo of their lock screen, uh, which they put loads of effort into, which was a lot of fun, they did also set a follow-up when they watched Boomtown. Um, and we had a good laugh about that. So Love thank that. you so much. Thank you. Always, as always, thank you very much for the wonderful emails. And and now that's now that's done, do you know where we're going, Elliot? Yes. Because that, I good. was in the yeah. planning for this episode. <laughs> so I'm aware of its segments. We're going to Satellite 5. What? Oh my god. Satellite 5. We are the news. Okay, so Satellite 5, we're here. Now... We've said before, I believe, but basically we're only really going to Satellite 5 now when there's something really significant and exciting to talk about. Um, because it's just and like, official. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, always official. We never talk about anything like that isn't. Um, because the thing is, right, we don't like to date these episodes too much. It's annoying, like I do it, because I find podcasts I love and then I listen to them and they're very dated and I have to skip through all of the stuff that's like really old news. But like when it's something significant, it feels right to talk about. And this, my friends, is significant and exciting and necessary and relevant. The King is back. Murray Gold is back. 
He's back. Oh my god, Murray's back. So you you messaged me. Yes. Yeah. And you were like, Murray, Murray's back. And I was like, oh my god, what? And then I looked, and there was this lovely little video of Murray in the most strange glasses I've ever seen. They're very strange. Um. <laughs> And his magnificent head was just there. And he was just like, I'm the composer for Doctor Who. And I was like, yeah, baby. Yes, you are. Yeah, baby. Yes, you are, baby. Yes. King. <laughs> My king. I love that man so much. I'm I'm ecstatic. It was really, yeah, it was really strange because I was, I was boiling pasta. <laughs> As you um, should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But someone, someone, someone from the, I, I told you about this, right? Someone from the Radio Times had tweeted out that there was Doctor Who news. At yes. Whatever time, like seven, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, I need to keep an eye on that. But I was boiling pasta, and it all kind of came out at the exact moment that I needed to be doing the most of my cooking. So then yeah. I sort of sat down to eat, and I opened my phone, and I was like, oh, look at that, Barry Gold's back. So I didn't I didn't even have time to do the patented three exclamation marks, send you a photo of the news, more exclamation marks. I was just yeah. like, hey, Murray Gold is back. But Murray's back. <laughs> um, I am Very so excited. It's also kind of a teaser for Doctor Who Confidential, isn't it? Or like a featurette or something, because they've recorded the process... And they're going to release some fun shenanigans from that. So, yes, Murray is back for the 60th and for Series 14. Yes, I believe because there's been no sort of official announcement about him doing Series 14, but I believe it's on Instagram. But Russell. Yes, yeah. Said he's doing the next series, not not the special, the next series. Yeah. It's good. It's good news. I'm excited by it. I'm not necessarily surprised. No, neither am I, but I'm absolutely. Screaming, like just screaming. I'm still screaming. Ah, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nice to it's nice to know that we like. I don't I don't like you know I don't like pitting composers against each other. No, but, you know, God no. I like I like so much of the early stuff of Murray Gold's work, and I mean for me, some of the later stuff I don't really vibe with that much. Same. Um, same. So I'm kind of it's just the idea of like you know maybe being able to have like soundtracks that I kind of feel passionate about like sort of series one to four and the specials again is just like exciting to me or music that I can hear in the audio mix. I'll be really honest with you. I already said this to you a while ago. I had a feeling he was coming back anyway, or something was going on in the Murray verse. Um, mm. because on Instagram you cannot access his music anymore. Like so, because obviously we post reels, mm. and I like to put a little bit of soundtrack in the background and because we're still talking about r2d era i like to use murray's score you know um yeah and thanks to someone who like does like copies of the composing i use that but like none of murray's music is available on instagram and also series two isn't available on tiktok either so Hmm. something suspicious was happening because it was all available before and now it's not and it's like hmm this is why maybe Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. All I'm hoping is that there's uh, more vinyl presses of the soundtracks. That's what I'm hoping for. Like, you know. Yeah. Murray, my dear, we love you. And, you know, BBC, get some vinyl press. Come on. Go on. Come on. Um, but yeah, so we've got Murray back. And then we've got two other little bits of news. So while we're here, why not? And we're gay. Um, Jinx Monsoon is going to be <laughs> in Series 14. Yeah. And I don't it feels it feels very odd that they did a and not in a bad way. It feels very odd they did like a full costume reveal for her, and I don't think because I don't think she's actually been seen filming at all. No, she hasn't. <laughs> Interestingly, I think this is teasing a musical episode. I really do. I really do. And you know what? 
I'm here for it. And if you're not here for it, you don't like fun. Get out of here. Get out. Get out. <laughs> been lots of lots of talk and very convincing speculation that's going to be a musical episode, and that would be very enjoyable. It, yeah. Also, if you're not um, familiar with Jinx Monsoon, uh, she's a drag queen, um, a very very iconic drag queen. I I was not familiar. I must say. If you want to just know how iconic she is, go and watch um, a clip of her impersonating Judy Garland. That's all I'm going to say. You know. <laughs> bless your eyes and your ears with that it's very funny um and then one last little thing is the doctor who social media team who are killing it at the moment love it they posted some photos of shooty and millie gibson filming an episode in the 60s and oh lord it's so it's so very gay it's so very it's 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 giving underline exclamation mark <laughs> like again you sent me the photos and i was like ah ah <laughs> yeah it's things it's weird how all those things come so quickly there's that one of there's that one grainy one of yep. shooty like walking and that was yeah that's like oh my god this is amazing and then suddenly they're all high def baby and yeah the social media team are posting them shooty's posting them millie's posting them so good Ev- everybody including millie and Joe Martin and Russell are freaking out over Shooty's wonderful ass. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Respectfully looking. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favourite comment is Joe Martin's. It's so funny. It's You've got to acknowledge beauty when you see it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's giving Idiot's Lantern. It's probably definitely going to be better than that, but it's still giving that energy nonetheless. I honestly, I don't think I... I think I didn't breathe for about a second when I saw the, fo- the photos. I was like, uh, like gagged. I was actually, uh, do you know what I mean? It was so I love good. I Shooty's fits so much. They're so good. Already, do you know what's so funny to me, Elliot? Do you know what's absolutely, st- I'm screaming over, is the fact that he is already the best dressed doctor and he's not even done anything yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So good. Well, I try not to look at, you know, I because I, I, I'm not interested, so I, I try not to look at sort of like leaked filming videos and stuff like that because I just... They don't interest me, but sometimes they do crop up in in my feed, and you know, you can't help it. Yeah. Um, and some of those costumes do look immaculate in motion as well. It's amazing. But there is that immaculate video of Shooty trying to sing Abba, and it's fun. <laughs> but anyway, with all that being said, to be or not to be, that is the question, <laughs> and it is to be because you're listening to it. So, <laughs> shut your big fat mouth. <laughs> So, my friend, today we are talking about episode two, series three, Doctor Who, The Shakespeare Code, broadcast on the 7th of April 2007, directed by Charles Palmer, and written by Gareth Roberts. Uh, If you haven't listened to our Sarah Jane Adventures episode, listen to that and you'll find out our opinions about Gareth Roberts. We will say no more. Awful person. Yes. <laughs> and 
that's that on that. Anyway, um, Jesus Christ, this episode. So this is going to be one of the more complicated reviews we've done, I think. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we, I feel like there's a lot of conflicting feelings here and a lot of conflicting thoughts. But, but, before we go any further, Elliot, do you want to ask me the question, actually, because I keep asking you the fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah, you always do it, and then you go, oh, I can't do it very well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Every time, I, I mean, fuck I just, it up. I, I disagree with it, but you do it, and then you get really upset. I upset myself on a daily basis. <laughs> before we fly into anything, Dan, I've just got to know this. Uh-huh. I know what this episode's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. Yeah. I, I fucking don't know what IMDb thinks it's about. Uh-huh. I want to know what you think it's about. Well, darling, I'll tell you what it's about. Yes, sweetie. Men are shit. They're cheaters. <laughs> They're cheaters. And they will take any opportunity to make you feel like shit. Objectively true. And I'm going to elaborate on that in the episode. I'm leaving it there for now. <laughs> Elliot, darling. Also, sorry. In terms of like... I just had a thought, sorry, really random thought just came to my head. You know, in Shakespeare language, um, when they say mm-hmm. the... Elizabethan. The, Elizabethan, yes. yes. Elizabethan English, when they say the, mm-hmm. I feel like in this episode, I'm going to change your pronouns to the them. <laughs> the them. <laughs> the them. Uh, um, what does the think my... of... What does the think this episode's about? <laughs> just answer the question. Sorry, I'm just intrusive thoughts. Continue. Uh... Thy, thy thinks the episode is about how you should never you should never meet your heroes, but uh-huh. also you should never you should never reference them in an episode because they might turn out to be a massive bigot. Yeah, um, yeah. Although it turns out if you're writing about her, bigot bigot got bigot back. So you know, fuck y'all. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, I, do you know this what? episode's yes. about. I completely agree with that. Um, this episode is turf soup. Honestly, can, okay. Let's 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 get on with it. Let's let's just address the situation. <laughs> the situation being this, um, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's actually mad. I can't lie, it's mad. Um, wow. It's all yeah. It's all rather uncomfortable, isn't it? It's very uncomfortable. Again, it's of a time. It's of a not to excuse it, but it's of a time. You know, I mean, Jesus, it references J.K. Rowling in a... Sorry, trigger warning, J.K. Rowling. Um, trigger warning, TERFs. Um, it references her in a positive way. So, you know, this is of her time. Twice. Twice. And also, it was also... and it, Jesus, it was before the last book came out, the last Harry Potter book. Like, that was so long ago. Yeah, fucking hell. Jesus. I mean... Yeah, it is insane. It's mad. Um, Elliot, my God, help me here. I mean, I, I don't know how to address it. This is, there's just, there's, cert- look, look, there's- this episode says some things and it's confusing. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think the problem, problem with some of the uncomfortable things said in the episode is not that they're being said or who they're being said by. Mm. It's mostly the doctor's reaction to said things. Yeah. But he just kind of, he just kind of like brushes it off, and you know it's a bit more uncomfortable. They try and make Martha stand up for herself. I think the problem with a lot of this stuff is it's kind of, and this again is not an excuse. I think the problem with it though is it kind of exists in like a, a sort of in in the writer and the director and the creative team head. This kind of two thousand seven kind of post racial harmony 
that we've kind of pretended that we had for a while. You know, mm. it's very much, I can see them all being of the opinion of this kind of, you know, racism doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that so, vibe, ugh, yeah. You know, we've, we've got a black companion, so who cares where we take her? There's no need to address this stuff and we can just put it in. It doesn't really matter, but of course it kind of does matter when, you, when your protagonist doesn't really acknowledge that, you know, someone's kind of being racially hounded. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just those couple of times it happens, just, you know, rubs me the wrong way a little. Yeah. Because you're not meant to like what Shakespeare says. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. You're not meant to think it's cool. But it's the fact that the doctor's just like, oh, oh well. Yeah. It's Shakespeare. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I yeah, don't, yeah, it's I, so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. And it's like, I mean, this is going to come up a few times now and it's been it's it's been a topic in fandom for years rightly so is mm. the doctor taking martha to places that you, that he he should know is actively endangering her does that make sense yeah um especially in human nature family of blood my god we'll get to it lord um fucking you could have picked anywhere and you picked that jesus yeah at least human nature family of blood there's a there's a lot more sort of like there's a lot more context surrounding everything mm. Mm-hmm. Here it's just going like, don't worry, it's not racist. There's black women over there. Yeah. And then you know, some racism happens, and it yeah. kind of goes lastly unchallenged. It's a bit weird. I think things. I think it's it's like it's just a problem of wanting to have their cake and eat it too. I think that if you have a companion, you know, who is his black, who's you know, I don't know, overtly queer, anything like that, where they're going to visit a time period where they're going to be discriminated against. I think yes, you either tackle it in a way where it's thoughtful and insightful um, and is important, or you don't mention it because, you know, it's fluffy sci-fi. This is like, we're trying to do both. We're trying to have the Doctor go, ah, oh, who cares, don't worry about it. But also, we're trying to have the thing in there too. And it doesn't work. However, it's weirdly a trend that kind of carries on throughout the series because, you know, this happens even in, even in 13's era. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird that the show kind of hasn't got over it. Except, of course, that one where Peter Capaldi punches a racist in the face. Which that's is good. the most iconic thing that's ever happened on the show. It's so yeah. good. And it's the fact that it's it's 12 as well. 12 punching a racist in the face. It's just so much more like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't, we're not going to dwell on it. I just think that's like, it's kind of poor timing. People thinking they live in some kind of post-racial harmony when they don't. And also... Wanting to have their cake and eat it too, but it being written by people yeah. with worms for brains. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, all the comments about... No, it's true. And like all the comments about men dressing up as women. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Gareth, how about you shut the fuck up, you dickhead? Do you know what I mean? Like, ugh. I think the, I think the, the, one, the one thing I think I want to I wanna end the heavy, the heavy stuff on as well is I think that the... the the issues that Martha faces in this episode and like subsequent ones as well have only sort of gotten more pertinent with Freeman Hedgeman talking very openly about the racist abuse that she was facing uh, at the time of being cast as Martha. Yeah. So it only kind of highlights that stuff and makes it all the more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that, uh, just type it in on YouTube and watch it. It's very important to listen to what she's saying. Um Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that she's like still around and still active and still online. Because I hate watching just people. Not that anybody who listens to this does, but you know, just in case you have to be walking by and you hear a bit of this, 
stop bullying actresses off the internet. Yeah, stop it. I miss not being able to see Kelly Marie Tran posting every day. I love her so much. Me too. But she got bullied too much. Yeah, like what a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Just Daisy Ridley yeah. was off the internet for like the whole of Star Wars coming out. So in conclusion, if you do any of that, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck off. Just get fucked, honestly. Um High five. All that being said, this is not that's not the only reason why I find this episode absolutely f- fucking a chore. Yeah. It's only part of it. But no, we we just felt it was important to kind of have that discussion up front because you you, you can't ignore these things. You you really can't. Like Yeah. And yeah, so there's no sense in like dragging it all the way through the episode. You yeah. Know, you can hear what we think about that stuff and yeah. then we can go back to silly hot girl chats. Exactly. Um but yeah, just know that it's it's noticed and it's not appreciated. Moving on. On to a slightly lighter note and a queerer note, as always. Um, I definitely, definitely, absolutely, hundred percent fa- used to fancy Lilith when I was younger. My God, I, I definitely like, before I came out to myself. I definitely, I think, I fancied her quite a bit. Not gonna lie. Oh, honestly, this kind of got a really, really strong, not in the way they're written, but a really strong supporting cast in terms of Lilith, hot as hell. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of like the go play Shakespeare. I think it's very, very cute. I like, not for the bad things he does, but I like Shakespeare's personality Same, in yeah. this. Yeah. Personally. Um, uh, Dean Lennox Kelly, he plays Shakespeare, and Christina Cole plays Lilith. They are both very good in this episode. That I mean, especially Christina Cole. I mean, she brings the vibe, you know? Yeah. And, yes, they're both very, very attractive. Very attractive people. Um. I really think it's really interesting. Again, I've always said this, but watching the, these episodes again as an adult, not that I don't rewatch them all the time, but you know what I mean? Like when I'm looking at them in, in an analytical lens for the podcast, I just think mm. about how when I was younger, I used to be so scared of the witches. Like, they actually terrified me as a kid. Like they were so scary to me. Um, but especially Mother Doomfinger, she really fucked me up as a kid. Like I was like, oh. I s- I love that name so much. It's so good. Um, but now, instead of scaring me, they inspire me. They cringe me. No, but like, they, 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 yes, they're very cringe, but they're also kind of iconic, you know? Mm. No. No? You, no, you um, don't agree? <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, I mean, they are, but they're sort of weirdly iconic to me in a way of like, uh, only because I kind of, I th- I'd never rewatched this episode ever. Mm. I had a figure of Doomfinger, I believe. No, it's Crystal Lilith. Ball. They only do Lilith. Is it Lilith, yeah. is it? Yeah. Is it just Lilith transformed yeah. into yeah. a witch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lilith with the crystal ball. Um, you know, sort of it. Like, never, never really never really watched it. Um, I remember something else about it, but I've forgotten. So that's how. Oh, I know, it'd be listening to the soundtracks and seeing the track list of the Carrionite Swarm and then me yeah. going, fucking Carrionites. I don't fucking this. It says it's just the witches in this. So yeah, that's like it's <laughs> all of my emotional attachment to this an action figure and being confused by a soundtrack. I do, I do <laughs> love though. I mean, I really love witchy things. Yeah. So Alexa, play "Season of the Witch" by Lana Del Rey. You know, play play "Burn the Witch" by Radiohead. Absolutely. Um, the male Lana Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of their eye for the guys. Absolutely. Um, no, you see, I do, I do, and I think there's several points where we'll talk about it. I like witchy, weird stuff. I like voodoo. Just don't care about it here. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't like I don't like how it handles it, except in one scene, which I'll talk about. I quite like. Do you know what's funny to me? Tell me if you agree. But you know the CGI. I really like the CGI of the Carrionites for one reason, because it reminds me of the Scooby Doo live action films. Do you get what I yeah, mean? It's, it's not... very that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that. I think the design is actually quite interesting on the CGI Carrionites. It's interesting. Not great, but they're interesting. Yes. Sort of like turtles. Can we? Do, we're gonna do a Scooby Doo live. Okay. So, fun fact about Elliot and I: we are big, 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 the biggest fans of the live action Scooby Doo movies. Yes. Huge. Yeah. Like I can absolutely recite Mo- Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed verbatim, every single breath, action, line. Oh my god, I love that film so much. It's in my letterbox top four. Do you know what I mean? Like it's on that level. Um. So yeah, it reminds me of that. Wow. Sorry. No, this episode is just so mad. Like, it, it, there's just so much going on, um, like a lot going on. I I like I I like the show. Martha, how time travel works. We get a historical rather than a future because Rose gets taken to the year five billion, whatever it is, where the the Earth is blowing up, and Martha gets taken to fifteen ninety nine. I like that she gets taken back in time rather than just sent forward. Same. I mean, I've I always tend to prefer episodes in the past weirdly yeah yeah it depends it depends what the context is but i think i usually it's stronger easiest to do on a budget usually yeah i think the sets okay, okay look mm, it's not the most amazing like you know like shakespeare's home or where he wherever he lives at the time doesn't look great mm. but like the streets of london and like the kind of cgi kind of like the town and like Lon- how london looks is really cool i think that for the time it's really good yeah and i mean of course we are blessed to have a sort of fairly I know it's not it's not 100% accurate to its location or you know what but like we are blessed to have a really accurate looking globe theatre in London yeah that they can shoot in mm-hmm. that you know has kept all of its original features and design choices you know it's not modernised at all um, and that really adds a level of credence and production value to the episode I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think. I agree. Fun fact about me, a little anecdote for you, Elliot. Um, I went to the Globe Theatre on a school trip in like 2012, I want to say, maybe 2013. Mm. 
And all I could talk about was this episode. <laughs> and so, well, did you? Sorry. No, no, go on, go on. No, I just did. You go just like a, to tour the globe, or did you see a play? We didn't see a play, but we went with our drama class just to kind of like see it. I went with my drama class in sixth form oh, to yeah. see Richard the Second. Oh, fun! It was very good. Yeah, love that. Highly recommend. Whatever year that would have been. Well done, anyone who was in that performance of Richard the Second. Very good. I I do love that they still have tickets to this day that are like really cheap, like where you, with the standing yeah, I ones. Think, I think standing are like five pounds a ticket. It's great. It's very good. But yeah, I went there and I kept asking people who worked there about the episode of Doctor Who and if they were there when they were filming it. Like I was just <laughs> obsessed. And at one point, someone actually had to tell me to stop talking about Doctor Who, and I was like, never. No, never. Come on. I mean, there's only what twenty twelve. I mean, it's only like five years after the episode as well. So you know, there's probably realistically probably was someone working there who had yeah experienced Doctor Who exactly. And I just kept I kept looking around, and I wasn't even thinking about the historical context of anything. It was just. Uh, where was David Tennant standing there or there I can't <laughs> tell you know um, yeah fun fun times such a nerd yeah no, I like the I know we both did drama but like the, the difference of me being like oh yeah you know when saw Richard the second like I saw where David Tennant was standing yes exactly because that's the most important thing after all like, I'm a big Shakespeare nerd because I enjoy it I did drama I enjoyed doing it in drama I've done yeah. it loads of times Still love me some Shakespeare, so sorry for being the most annoying person in the world. Well, you know what? You can tell, because obviously David Tennant's a massive fan of Shakespeare. He, he's done a lot of Shakespeare in his time, and you could tell the nerdiness over like Shakespeare was just coming through in the episode. Very fun. Another thing that's fun, I really enjoyed any time Doctor said something that was interesting, or like he was quoting something, he'd be like, oh, I might use that. And it's like, you can't if someone else is. Or, <laughs> no, he hasn't said that yet. Oh, God. You know. Gives him all of his famous lines. Yeah, that's that's my favourite is when Martha's like, you wrote about witches. Like, no, no, not yet. He hasn't not yet. yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> my favourite was, um, oh, I'm going to use that. And then he was like, I should be asking for 10%. <laughs> yeah, just a sly little, you know, go on. Yeah, it's good. There's all the all the world's a stage, right? Doctor using yep. that one. Yep. And then, um, yeah. oh, and, and when he says to himself, like, to be or not to be, oh, that's good. And he's like, you should write that down. Yeah. Although maybe not, a little bit pretentious, maybe. In in the in the years since, it's become sort of pretentious code word for someone who doesn't know anything about Shakespeare to pretend that they know Shakespeare, which is kind of funny. Um, I love it. I love that too. Uh, yeah, and he's a boy called Hamnet. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay, so I one of my favourite books I've ever read is called Hamnet. Um, and it's by Maggie O'Farrell and it's not based on any true story but it's based on um, Shakespeare's wife uh, Anne Hathaway or Agnes as she was apparently called Um, and when Martha references his wife in the country I was like hey let's not bring let's not bring Agnes into this come on (laughs) I will defend that woman until the day I die even though the whole book is based on her not actually real it's completely fictionalized I don't care I'll fight for that woman um, because Shakespeare's a cheater, 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 pumpkin eater. He he he's a little hoe, and um, yeah, <laughs> we don't appreciate it. No, but also good for him. No, no, <laughs> Fuck men, am I right? Look, listen, Carrionites are good for one thing, and that's ridding the population the, the the population of men from the world. We love that. I also I do like that 
the I do like the kind of subversion send off of Shakespeare just kind of being a lad. Yeah, very very laddie. Yeah. yeah, he's not he's not posh or well spoken. He's just a bit crude. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It is Makes good. me smile. Him fancying Martha is just a whole thing. I didn't need though. I just didn't need it. It's not funny. It's weird. I don't no, like it. It's there's a couple times where I'm like, oh, you know, that's okay. That's a bit, yeah. It's like a bit, a bit cheeky thread in here. You know, I could kind of deal. I could kind of deal with it. But I think because so much of it's rooted in the stuff that we talked about at the start, it just makes it more uncomfortable. Yeah. If it was just the occasional comment, I'd find it fun. I think the best, the the best one, or the one where it works most, is when. They confirm his bisexuality. <gasps> yes, okay, let's discuss. So if he was more like that, like if he was kinda of like Captain Jack, kinda, of, you know, obviously not Captain Jack, but you know, if he was just more kind of give and take with both of them throughout the whole episode, I'd like that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a very fun moment. Cause I I just love when it was like, what was it, uh, fifty seven academics just punched the air. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare, our bisexual king. Yeah, it's such a funny, it's such a funny and such a sweet little moment, and I wish that it was actually a plot element of the whole episode rather than just the punchline to a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I do like that. I love that. Um, we get more Rose references in this episode. Eye roll, side eye, bombastic side eye. Not here for it. Go away. So, I think I, I something that I I think I find weird about this episode and how it handles it. And it might be something that happens throughout the rest of Series 3, but I can't remember because I haven't watched it, so I'm going to keep an eye out for it. So you know the scene where they have to get into bed and he's talking about Rose and uh, you know, yeah. Martha gets all aggy, but, you know, like he's trying to get her into bed and it's all a bit like, oh, I think the thing is they're sort of, they're trying to, again, they're trying to have the cake and eat it too, where they're kind of doing a sort of the Doctor being asexual kind of thing. Not, you know, not actually asexual. You know, I know it's kind of a sort of a, a loose-fitting, not particularly helpful term to just ascribe to his character trait. But, you know, this kind of doesn't understand human customs, doesn't exude any kind of sexuality, yep. is not interested in that kind of thing. So he gets in the bed and, like, he's full suit and he's just kind of laying there and he's like, yeah, well, come on then, get in bed. It's meant to be this kind of, ha oh, God, the Doctor's such a funny alien. But he was literally having sex with Rose in the TARDIS, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> Canon definitely happened. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just split up with, like, his partner. This is not, you know, this is not the time to be doing... Isn't the doctor wacky and asexual? No, no, the doctor knows what a bed is for. Because it's, it's <laughs> you know what? he's just been involved in a relationship. It did really get on my nerves though, and again, because I just think he just disrespects Martha a lot, like a lot. Um, in this episode especially, but in the series. But it's this yeah, again, it's because they're trying to they're trying to turn him into a version of the character which doesn't logically make any sense because we've just seen him you know, there's no way he doesn't pick up on Martha's advances because he's literally just had a romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah. So I don't understand. It just it just irritates me because it's inconsistent. And also, it's like, again, it's the mixed messaging which annoys me. Um, yeah. Because people do this in real life and it gets on my nerves. It's like, how is it that like she like Martha's like, oh, it's only one bed, like that's a bit awkward. And he's like. That's all right, we'll manage. And that's like, okay, fair enough. That's that's a f- f- fair comment. I'll give you that. And then it's like he's talking, he's like looking, he's like, Are you just gonna stand there all night? And it's like, why are you rushing her, sis? Like, what are you doing? And then he's like talking to her and he gets up like, really close to her and it's like, Oh, get away, stop it. And then the whole like, oh, Rose would know. Oh, you know, you can't blame yourself because you know you're a novice. And it's like, Oh my shut up. Just stop talking. Well, just so stop. Rose would not know. No, he would she wouldn't. She would just be like Like, I love her, but she would not know. No. 
if anything, the person that would know is Donna. I feel like Donna's one of the main companions who can really read the doctor's mind. And it's like, you know, don't get all space, man. What does it mean? What's going on? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah, she yeah, she'd have watched a program about witches and it would just be like, It's witches. You you know, like I don't know. I think you, they should have just, you know, made the asexuality again. I don't like using that term, but you know, they should have made that more prominent and had them top and tail. Or they would have stepped in the TARDIS and been like, Oh yeah, we've already got accommodation, thank you, and gone to the TARDIS. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just uh, I can't can't afford to be building extra TARDIS sets. <laughs> no, no. But it's it's just, it's just again, it's it's rude. It's rude. He's disrespecting her again, just being really dismissive and just being like, you know, oh, you know, Rosewood Knight. Like, I like the, I like the scene, not necessarily what they're saying, but I do like the sort of framing of them, kind of like laying in bed and, you know, the way both of them sort of roll over to like face each other. It's very playful. It's quite fun. I like it. I can see it working in a completely like platonic dynamic. But that's it. That's why it annoys me. As being a sort of playful kind of moment, but it just doesn't, you know, this doesn't work here. That's why it annoys me. That's literally the reason why it annoys me. Um, I will say, though, the other, the, uh, like I said, I'm, I don't really like all the Rose references. I'm really not a fan of them. But the one that I like, because it annoys 10, so I like it, is when <laughs> she says, but your heart grows cold, the north wind blows and carries down the distant... Rose, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> don't like it now, dear. When you reference Rose, you don't fucking like it now. It's annoying, isn't it? It's really annoying. Something I want to say as well. So I was talking about the design earlier and how, like, for the day it was good. Something I still think really holds up. I love anything to do with puppets. I mean, not that this episode stop motion, but I love like stop motion puppets, and I find that whole thing really cool. Or just puppets in general. Um, I love the Shakespeare puppets. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I like I like weird voodoo stuff. All the voodoo dolls and yeah, the like you say, the Shakespeare puppet that gets to write the play is very fun. It's so good. It's so well yeah, done. Yeah, especially because you know, imagine they were all purpose built for this as well. So exactly, I'd like a Shakespeare marionette. It's it's it was a missed opportunity to make a really cool bit of merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's where's the Shakespeare action figure? Come on. Yeah, come on. No, nah, the copyright issues with that, I can't imagine. I mean, Jesus. No. Um, Globe Theatre Shop exclusive. <laughs> that would be cool. It would now be selling for £200 boxed on eBay or oh something. Oh, my God. With pages of Love's Labours 1. I mean, look, I think that's a good point. So I love, because obviously there is that rumour about the play that didn't happen. Yep. I love the way they incorporated that. I think that was really clever. And I love the whole, you know, the use of, the the number 14 and the fact that um peter street went mad because the witches basically took over his mind while he was you know creating the globe and like i love all of that i hate numbers and i hate maths but all of that the way it all kind of comes together is really cool it's an episode that knows it's law yes it's it's real life shakespeare law which i appreciate very good um yeah but i also hate maths and so when the doctor says that they do they do words instead of maths. I was like, oh, give, give me that. I want that. <laughs> that sounds so good. Yes, I love please. the power of words. I think that's really cool. And I love, you know, again, jumping a bit forward, but, you know, Shakespeare's little mo where he, his little mo, his little moment um, <laughs> when he's like, you know, getting the carry out to stop doing the thing. Um, that's mm. really cool. Except for, except for the, but yeah, except for the word. 
the word at the end because fuck that bitch. Um, yeah, but that's. I think even if even if I didn't hate her as a person, I think I'd still watch it now and be like, oh, it's a bit cringy. Yeah, just because I think yeah, just because it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere, and especially at that time as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's very fun. I just think the whole episode in general is very. It's just very. It's fun. I do enjoy this episode quite a bit, but it's very choppy. It's very choppy, and I feel like it... I think it could have played more, right? This is what I think. I think it could have played more on Shakespeare's actors and, like, using the actors, having it as, like, a group dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's the group, the three of them, Shakespeare, Martha, and the Doctor, but, like, I love those two actors who are in the theatre, and they're, like, reading the end of the play... And the carrier knight comes in front of them. They're like, I don't think we should ever speak of this again, you know, and all that. Yeah. I just, I I love, I, I would have loved that dynamic more, you know, like, because I mean, I love um, Shakespeare in Love. That's one of my favorite films. I really love that film. Um, mm. And I love the dynamic of all of the actors in that film. And like, I don't know, I love, I love, I love theater. I really love theater. And I, I would like more of that, even though there is a lot of it in there. Do you know, do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think it sort of should have been more, it should have been like more of a horror focused episode. And yeah, it should have been more streamlined around the globe as a, as a sort of location. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their access to filming in there was restricted. I'm I think not sure. it was. Um, but like, especially because, and part of the reason why I really don't, vibe with this because i like as i'm sure you could tell i don't hate it but i don't like it and the reason i don't like it is just because a lot of it's just people and it's, it's the cardinal sin of writing it's just people standing around talking about things yeah yeah you know what i mean like they go like when they go I, I know peter street has got to give them exposition but you know the doctor just stands talking about what the answer could be they go to peter street they get the answer they go to another place and they talk about what peter street was talking about it's just not yeah. this is not engaging you know yeah like i don't like it that's why i don't like this episode because it's got a cool concept the the doctor science versus like witch's voodoo combining with the globe theater yep. is interesting yep but it's just people standing around talking about the concepts and how interesting they could be yeah I will say though the bit with Peter Street when Mother Doomfinger comes and she's like just one touch. Well, yeah, I think that that cut to her being there and there's no like music or sting. It just does a reverse shot and she's just like in the room. Very Probably scary. Probably shit me up as a child. It did. No, it shit me up. Yeah. <laughs> I used to when I was younger. I used to have to skip through the bit where the guy was drowning because it looked like he was being sick and I didn't like it. And I also mm. had to skip the cell scene because Peter Street scared me and she scared me. So. Peter Street is weird. Also, what a good name. I want to be called Peter Street. It's a very good name. Peter Streeter. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do like Peter Street. It's old Peter Street. He's coming. <laughs> Sorry. The old Peter. The old, the old Streeter. Um, I do like, though, that the Doctor and Martha kind of address the fact that, like, torturing these poor people in the prison is not ever going to help. Why oh, yeah. on earth would you think that would happen? And Shakespeare's like, you know, it, it helped me. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's good for you, but... You're just weird. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things where we have got, you know, it's like you can feel always both a bit like, I haven't got time to go into the complexities of why being scared that you'll be like whipped to death is not a good enough reason to get over your mental health issues. Exactly. You're fucking weirdo. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I like that though. Again, I think it's not something that I can necessarily be like, oh, she definitely keeps the thread because I haven't watched the series in its entirety for a couple of years. But I like that, you know, Martha's a doctor. 
She's talking about the asylum. She's talking about the treatment of their patients there. And the first thing she says to the doctor is, you know, nothing phases me. I've spent a night shift in A&E. But I like that it's not just window dressing. She is, she's a doctor. Yeah, and it's, it, it always comes into play. And I like that, um, especially, again, in the two-parter later in the series. And it comes in to you know, it comes in in a very cool way. Um, I'll be honest, I don't have much more to say about this episode. It's very, it's very bitty. Does that make sense? Like, there's just loads of yeah. elements. And it's like... That's what I mean. It's just, yeah, it's just, let's walk from the TARDIS to the globe. But let's yeah. stand at the globe and talk about being at the globe. Okay, let's walk to Shakespeare. Talk about being near Shakespeare. Okay, let's walk to the asylum and talk about being at the asylum. Okay, let's go back to Shakespeare's and talk about what just happened at the asylum. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's boring. And, and, it's just a bit... Mm, I don't know. I don't and, know. And a big letdown that the final thing is just a kind of big CGI tornado. See, I like how that looks. I think that's cool. I don't mind the effect of it. I just think it's just kind of... I think I think they should have had... Because, you know, when they're rehearsing the, the, the play and that one carry night comes through... Yeah. I think you should have just had a, just a big thing. Instead of so lots of little individual bitty witches flying around, carrying knights, making noise and screaming, and it just kind of looking like a tornado and it not really being any threat because they just speak at it. It should have been just a, just a big thing, you know, some really weird witch thing, like the abomination or something from like an Evil Dead movie and just been like, you know, there's this big thing now. And none of us have any idea how to get rid of it. Um, see, I would have liked. I would have liked it if. Uh, see, I see personally for me, I quite like all of the carry nights coming through. I think the visual is really stunning. I really love it. But the thing that I would have loved is if there was loads. Suddenly, some of them appeared in the audience and they started like killing people. Like mm. a bloodbath was taking place because you know it's the they want to bring around the time of blood and magic and all of that. Let's see that happening, and then it, the stakes of are raised because all they're doing is looking at a tornado of things flying and it's like okay but nothing's actually happening do you know what i mean well like you know let have some character growth let shakespeare kind of come to the conclusion that words will do the job yeah uh, yeah i think so um because like no one no one has a character journey in this <laughs> yeah there's no you know just gonna starts and then stops He's this like he's the same as he was at the start, and like obviously yeah. not every person changes after an experience like that. But like, but it's it's sort of storytelling one hundred and one, right? As if you've not watched someone grow, it's kind of like what's the point in me watching the thing? You know, obviously, yeah, serialized TV, you kind of take it as read that your two leads don't necessarily change much, but that's why you have interesting side characters who do go on a journey. I think it. Do you know what? I think it was missing another character. I feel like, weirdly. Um, I just, I really, really love Lilith's character. I think she's very, very cool. And again, the actress, uh, Christina Cole, she was giving it, it she, she was so perfectly cast for this. Like, she was just, just you know, the screaming, the cackling, the, yeah. the, the campness. It was absolutely brilliant. She was like the standout for me, to be honest with you. Like, and again, not just because I fancied her, but <laughs> like, you know, at the end when she's, when she's got, the the orb, whatever you want to call it, the um, what do you yeah, call it? It's just like a crystal ball. Crystal ball, and she's like, "They come, they come." <laughs> it's so good. I love that. I love that. I know it's cringy, but I love that. Um, the thing is, that I like because they then get trapped in there, and they're doing some really bad 
swatting yeah. at the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where if this episode was better, you know how in Human Nature Family Blood everyone talks about all of the cold ways where the Doctor kills the family, you know, yeah, trapping them to things for eternity. And, and that is very cold. But I feel like him trapping them all in a miniature crystal ball and then being like, yeah, they've got to go in an attic in the TARDIS and I'll never see them again. That's really horrible. But no one likes the episode, so no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no one <laughs> like, If it was more impactful, I think more people would be like, oh, remember that time the Doctor like, trapped some people in a crystal ball and then kept them in a room in the TARDIS never to see them again. But it's shit, so who cares? <laughs> exactly. So bringing this episode to a close then, um, Finn, um, the last thing I want to say <laughs> is um, I love that Queen Liz the first. This is, like, where, this is the beginning of the hate train that we see uh, for the Doctor, specifically the Tenth Doctor, um, yes. and I really love that it wasn't let go, and it's just a com- it just c- is continuing, and it's still still probably going to continue, um, and we don't know why, and then we find out obviously in in the fiftieth why that is, and I love that. Um, I really, I like he's absolutely wrecking everything with like most monarchs. Yeah, Queen Victoria hates him. Yep, hates him. Queen Elizabeth, yeah. he doesn't know why. Yeah, good. They it's good. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very fun. Yeah, it is. It's a good little a good little way to cap off the episode. Yeah. But yeah, so now we're at the wrap up. So this is where we talk about our standout moment, what didn't work, our most doctory moment. And our favourite quotes. Elliot, kick us off. What was your standout moment from the Shakespeare Code? Standout moment is actually very, very hard to think of. Um, but I do actually have one, which is uh, the the man. I can't remember his name. The man who owns the plays. Uh, him drowning is incredibly raw and cool to put in a kid's thing. And I would happily see that in like a horror movie i like voodoo and weird shit so yeah the fact that he just like drowns internally is incredibly kind <laughs> of disgusting it is and i like it it's I very like it cool even though it scared me as a kid <laughs> as it should do what about you um i my favorite scene my favorite moment is when the doctor and lilith are chatting in lilith's um house uh the power of words scene that's what i've called it here um I love it. I think it's really, really cool interaction because, again, Christina Carr was doing a great job and, like, you know, I just love seeing two great actors chewing up a scene. It's great. And then, obviously, yeah, you know, the word play is very fun. And then, like, when she pulls some of his hair and just floats out of the window, I was like, oh, it's so rubbish. I love it. <laughs> it's good. What didn't work for you? Um, yeah. God, what didn't work for me? Like... The way I phrased it in my notes is funnier than what I actually mean, because my notes just says mostly all of the script. Um, <laughs> but like by that, I think I mean specifically the execution of standing and talking. Yeah. Moving somewhere else and standing and talking and no one doing anything. That's my big issue with it. So it's not a moment, it's just a thing that doesn't work. Because there's too many individual moments that highlight why that doesn't work for me, personally. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I would say the same, but um, and things I was when I was trying to write down what didn't work, I couldn't think of one specific thing because there's just a few little bits and bobs. Do you know what I mean? But one thing I will write because I've not mentioned it yet is uh, the name of the episode. I think it's wrong. I don't know why it's always 
sounded wrong to me. And I feel like it's just not... I feel like they're trying to chase a sort of ha-ha-ha Da Vinci Code yeah. thing. But there's no code. There is no... I mean, obviously the whole 14 thing. But maybe play, maybe play with the 14 thing a bit in the episode title, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's oh. no... Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It sets up a mystery surrounding Shakespeare and it doesn't really deliver on a mystery surrounding Shakespeare because you kind of know what's happening right from the start. I just think they should have made it... I, I can't actually think of an alternative, so, you know, who the fuck am I, but... Yeah, but, you know, you're trying to go off the cuff at a moment. You know, you've not, like, done drafts of a script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't think of what it would be, but the Shakespeare Code is a rubbish title for for this episode. Yeah. So there you go. What's your most doctory moment, then? Um... He's actually quite light on Doctor E moments, I've got to say, this week. He's a bit kind of, you know... He's a bit of a dick. He's just a bit of a dick and a bit sort of exposition-y. Um, so I would say, and it's kind of a cop-out, but any time that he gives Shakespeare a line to use in... Just any of them, because they're all funny. They all smile. They yeah. all make me smile. They all make me laugh. So, yeah. Any time he gives Shakespeare a line. What about you? Um, for me, it was the fact that he was excited about the Queen wanting him dead. He's like, oh, I don't know yet. That's fun. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. wow. That is good to be fair. Wow. Um, Favourite quotes, then. I have a few. I'm not going to lie. Really? I Weirdly. I don't know. If, I don't know. They all kind of make my eyes roll. Um... So I, I've, I've just got, <laughs> I've got just some silly, goofy ones here. Like, I literally, I know it sounds really bad. And again, you know, we always, I don't want... Yeah, the reason we're not ripping on everything throughout the whole episode is because it's not really that space. But I genuinely did think, God, what's a line that I like? So I thought about watching the episode and I thought I didn't even like laugh um, at anything. But probably because there's like only two good jokes and I've seen them before, so yeah, they could lose their impact. Um, but you know, I like the I like the fifty-seven academics just punch the air. That like is good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. But literally, yeah, I'm scraping. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. What about you? Okay, so I'm just going to go through mine quickly, right? Yeah. So we've got, when you get home, you can tell everyone you've seen Shakespeare. Yeah, then I can get sectioned. <laughs> I like that. Freema's um, is good, though. Like, Freema just is the best. And then we've got, he's a genius, the genius, the most human human there's ever been. Now we're going to hear him speak. Always, he chooses the best words. New, beautiful, brilliant words. Ah, shut your big fat mouths. It's so funny. I love it. Um, I think for, for, for sure, your big fat mouth lives in my head mostly because of the amount of times I then watched Smith and Jones as a child. Yeah, because that's in the next side trailer. That just lives in my head. Yeah. Is the way he says that. It's great. And then my last one, which I think is a very underrated quote from this episode, is "Men to carrionites are nothing but puppets." <laughs> Amazing, iconic, show stopping. Same. So relatable. Um, <laughs> love it. But anyway, with all of that being said then, my love, what are you giving it out of five? Um, well, I, you know, I, I think I was, I was going, oh, I don't want to be too nice. I don't want to be too negative. But sometimes you just, you know, you kind of do have to speak your truth a little. And I think, Speak your truth, yeah. And I think as I say this, I want you to know that nothing is without merit. I can still find good things in this. I had to work extra hard to find them and I can point them out on a podcast because that's kind of what we do and we try and keep the energy upbeat. However, it's a fucking one out of five for me. Oh. That's why I really didn't have a fun time rewatching this. Oh, wow. I didn't expect it's my that. my least favourite episode we've covered so far. I honestly thought it was going to be at least a two, but 
I just, I can't, you know, I just, I didn't feel anything whilst watching it. I didn't feel any joy. I didn't feel any sadness. I just kind of felt nothing. Um, Fair and enough. Bo- and it's boring. It's, a, you know, so you all about, I don't know, ends of the world are on quite dead episodes I'm not particularly fond of. At least they're not necessarily boring. And there's a bit of presence yeah. to them, you know, whereas this is, yeah, this is the worst episode of the show thus far. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't hate it that much. Um, I give it a three out of five. Because I find it fun and entertaining, um, but it's far, far from perfect. But three for me is very much like it. It, it was a good episode. It was entertaining, yeah. um, but nothing special. See, that's the thing. I think if you can find them entertaining, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, I don't know, something like School Reunion, where it's not even necessarily well put together, but we're having fun whilst watching it. So it doesn't really, yeah, yeah, matter. Idiot's Lantern, stuff like that. You know, where it doesn't really all of the flaws of it doesn't really bother me too much. Cause I'm having fun. Whereas this has got all the flaws of a not particularly well put together episode of Doctor and I'm fucking bored. <laughs> so, yeah. And my boy Shakespeare deserves better. Yeah, but he's also a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. So yeah. Yeah, I mean the real man not doesn't deserve better at all. But you know, if we're gonna have Shakespeare in Doctor Who, I wish it would have been in a more interesting way. Yeah, fair enough. Bring him back. Bring him back, and let's do it better. Remember, kids, if you're still studying Shakespeare. Uh, wherefore art thou Romeo doesn't mean Romeo where are you it means why why are you called Romeo keep that in your back pocket I didn't know that actually until just now so there you go well that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast we hope thee had fun thy sure did ha love it ha if you want to support us, you can over on Patreon. We have one tier currently available at the moment. It's three pounds. That is the companion tier. For that, you get a shout out on the show, just like Lewis River Bulldozer seven one one three, Jason Becca Judson Smith. She did email in. Just give me the green light to call her Becca. Abby Potts, David Cummings, Jack Wilson, and newly in today, literally about an hour before we start recording, Jack Parker. Welcome, Jack. Thank you so much. Lucky you. Uh, in regards to the Patreon, as we as we said. Last week, people want PO boxes, things like that. Best way to get any of that to happen is to go over there. We're going to add more tiers, do more things. We'll make announcements about it when we do. But stuff is in the works for it to get a bit more exciting, a bit more revamped. Uh, so you know, head over there, you know, patreon.com forward slash come on pond podcast. You can find it all of our link trees, etc. Also, if you don't want to give money to us, which is perfectly understandable, but you still want to contact the show, you can email us. You can be like Jack, like David, like Lauren. We'll read whatever you got to say out, answer some questions. We'll have some fun in Three Mile Corner. Emailing not your thing, absolutely fine. You can engage with us over on TikTok. We are on TikTok, Come Along Pond Podcast. We post silly little clips, goofy moments, highlights, often sets of music, of just us being ourselves. You can comment, you can like, just, you know, be good. TikTok not your thing, don't worry. You can exist over on the virtual cluster sphere. That is Twitter. Um, again, we're not particularly active on Twitter. We try and just post once a week when an episode's available. However, if you tag us in something, tweet at us, we might reply. It all depends on you know what's going on and what it is. Because, you know, if it's just spoilers, then we're not very interested. But, you know, don't feel like you can't engage with us over there. We're just not super active. That is at DW. However, where we're most active, Instagram, Podcast. My God, we post all kinds of things over there. Stories, polls, photos about episodes coming out, news. You're not happening with the podcast, that is your best place to find information is where you will know whatever is happening. If we do make changes to the Patreon, that's where you'll find out, more than likely. We also post our reels over there. They are 
TikToks, but not. So enjoy those. Once again, come on, Pond Podcast over there. Um, as of last week, from when you're hearing this, when the episode goes out, we are now on Amazon as well. Just trying to broaden the base on Apple, on Spotify, and on Amazon. Um, more things to come, I'm sure. You know, it's quite easy to do, but we're now on Amazon, so you know, if you like listening through your Alexa devices or whatever, I'm sure you can do it. I don't really know. Those are all going to be added to our link tree, etc. So there's a new platform you can listen to us on. Most of you listen to us on Spotify anyway. So with all that being said, then we will see you next week on Come Along Pond. I've been Damler, you've been Elliot, and this has been a fucking mess, as always. Um, and we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye now. Bye. I do, I do, I do really like Chewie's outfit. I think it really suits him, but uh, I can't help but feeling he'd look better if he grew out a bard. Oh, dear. <laughs>